The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I think I'm doing better than you are, Josh. You're you're dealing with a bout of the flu, are you not? I am, yeah. It keeps, it keeps moving to different, uh, you know, for a while there, it was like I had like a, I thought it was a stomach flu, and then I had a sore throat, and now I've got, um, you know, like a bit of a headache, and... Um, so it's, it's going to be up to me to keep the energy yeah, of this podcast yeah, up. It's, it's, it's all over the place right now. <laughs> Uh, the the virus is finding any host, you know, of limb that it can find right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you even got the flu shot. I even got the flu shot. I know. The flu shots are – I actually have never had a flu shot before until this year because uh-huh. I was like, oh, the baby, I should get a flu shot. And now I get the worst flu of my life. So, you know. Yeah. No, I, don't know, I don't know what that means. I don't, I'm not trying to come up with a, with a strong anti-science stance here. But. <laughs> or, or an anti-vaxxer. Well, it <laughs> right, happens to right. the best of us. Um, right. But uh, you know who doesn't have the flu? Uh, Take a guess. Yes, if you Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> even though Lukaku rhymes with uh, seasonal flu, uh, <laughs> Big Rom did not have the flu this weekend, and he he banged in four goals. He was going for an Aguero hat trick of five, <laughs> and it was uh, it was incredible. Were you watching this game? I, I was. Uh, Dave Aston uh, on Twitter said, uh, the question that is challenging us all, uh, why is Lukaku still called Trollkaku, and can this now be banished? <laughs> and I, I think so. I, I, you know, I think no, 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 it can't be banished just yet, because this is exactly what Trollkaku is all about. He lures you in, and then, bam, five blanks in a row. 
Right, but four goals makes up for a lot. It, I mean, it, that makes up for uh, you know you, you can go a good long while without getting against goals if you're going to get four every you know I don't know five to ten matches. It is true. It's like a Simon Mignolet save. It, it'll it'll make you feel better for at least a month until then you realize <laughs> what what you're still still dealing with. I was watching Rom score those four goals like. You ever know you see like a cat or a dog in a in a situation where it doesn't quite know what's going on and it's like half terrified, half excited. Mm-hmm. And because I had captain Harry Kane this game week, but I, I still had Lukaku up front, so I was I was excited to have him, but I was also half terrified to not have him captained. And I, my eyes are just darting all over the television. I'm feeling so, all sorts of feelings. I didn't know how to handle it. I, I, I was totally – I was all about it. I, I didn't catch him either. I also Captain Kane. Um, and, you know, I mean, I had had Lukaku for the last two game weeks, and he blanked both times. And, you know, both times I felt like he wasn't getting a lot of service from his forward or from his midfielders. And so I thought, well, like, it felt like a bit of a coin flip. But in the end, Kane at home to, to Middlesbrugger, it just – it felt like the right move. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, so, you know, but, but the – I didn't feel that bad about it because the the captainship percentage for Lukaku wasn't really that high in general. It wasn't that high in the top 10,000 managers. It wasn't that high over. I mean, the, overall, uh, he wasn't even one of the top five most captain players. It's so, so important to you know. You knew it was a green arrow. Yeah, it, it is important to flag that because our natural impl- impulse as hardcore FPL managers is to go right. to worst case <clears throat> scenario or regret or what if or, oh, I was hovering over the armband on Lukaku at some point Friday night. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and everyone on Twitter who Captain Lukaku is writing like all caps emails, <laughs> uh, or all caps tweets, uh, you know, celebrating it and uh, talking about you know showing pictures of their team and you know blowing up a photo of the the <laughs> captain with the with the score and all that stuff. It was pretty awesome. I mean, we we said last week it was such a it was such a miserable week. Game week twenty three. We knew we needed something magical to happen in twenty four just to raise the boats. Right. And, and that did happen. And another thing we mentioned last week, we were talking a little bit about Lukaku and what's going on with him at Everton. And we mentioned he was having trouble getting service from the midfield. And watching this match against Bournemouth, Ross Barkley was on something. He yeah. was playing out of his mind. And totally. they were just celebrating before he scored. That, that was insane. Me, I, I am all about that. That Okay, we... I want to know yours, but my all-time favorite goal celebration. Even I'm not a Man- Manchester United fan, but Eric Cantona's um, just uh, in standing in midfield statuesquely after he scored the goal, <laughs> just like look at me, I'm the greatest thing ever. It's probably yeah. my all-time favorite. But now it's, I think it's pretty badass. I think Ross Barkley celebrating even before that only happens like. I don't know. NFL wide receivers. That's when that happens. Yeah. I mean, so do you have an all-time favorite goal celebration? That's a good question. Uh, and I was thinking about it as you were talking. I was trying to, you know, I I, I hate to say this, but I, I just can't think of one right now. I'm going to blame the cold. So say, uh, say, say Ross Barkley yeah. is your new favorite. I like anything involving the flag. I like when they kick the flag over. Who's the guy who does the two-footed flag? You know where they they run at the they run at the flag with two feet out. Uh, I feel like Pe- I feel like Pedro did that at some point during the season. Yeah, maybe a lot of Spanish players. That poor corner flag is just is just there for people to take <laughs> out their excitement on. Yeah. 
Uh, or also uh, Megan Rapino, a U.S. women's player during the Women's World Cup a couple of cycles ago. She actually picked up the mic, like the sound effect microphone on the side of the field <laughs> and sang Born yeah. in the USA into it. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so how did your game go, Brandon, in the end? Uh, in the end, it was... I, I scored 63 points. Average average on the game week was 51. So 63 points, considerably above average, but I still had uh, a lot of red arrows. I took you a burned minus, four. Yeah. I burned four. Um, I felt some higher power was speaking to me. I knew I had to get Lukaku in. So I dumped Giroud for Lukaku, but in order to make room for him, I had to turn David De Gea into Robles. So... Uh, Everton giveth and Everton taketh away. Robles came in with a one point where De Gea would have given me five, but I, I have to be really happy that I made that move to, to get course. in on those 21 points. Where, yeah, I, where am sets, I? Sets you up long term, too. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk all about game week 26 and 28 and the blanks and all that. And Everton and Lukaku are going to be key for that. Yeah, um, no, I, 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 was, I was respectful of those moves. When I, when I saw you made those moves, I thought, yes, that is, that is smart. Yeah, our, uh, I, they were definitely smart moves. The problem is, is, is my team is now becoming a little samey with your team. You brought in Seamus <laughs> uh, uh, Coleman. Coleman. So now we've got Everton D. We've got the same forward lineup. And for me, I know. My, yeah. my, my midfield was absolute garbage uh, this my, game week. Yeah. Sanchez, Capu, Holly, Darun, no good. Yep. Uh, I finished on uh, 65 points. I, I didn't burn four. Uh, the, I doubled up on the West Brom defense, uh, which was what um, uh, helped me along with Lukaku, of course. And, um, you know, I mean, it was it was the forward line was was fine. Six from Ibra, uh, Kane, you know, six doubled, and then 21 from Lukaku. Uh, the assist from Coleman was kind of nice. I actually won a couple head-to-heads because of that assist. It put me just over the top. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was nice. And that's kind of why I, I hesitate a little bit on Coleman versus Baines because I have actually, in recent weeks, advocated for Baines over Coleman. But having watched a little Everton, you know, having brought in Lukaku the last two game weeks, it is very clear just, you know, I mean, the stats are there, too, but the eye test alone, I mean, you can just see how often he's getting there. Oh, yeah, and, and the, the assist he had for Lukaku, it was, it was almost a counterattack. And to see how quickly right. Coleman gets up that wing to right. participate it's incredible exactly so um yeah so 65 so uh, it kind of stopped the bleeding a little bit i mean as anyone who's listened to the podcast for a long time knows i've had this this awful run of of uh, bad luck and bad decisions and whatever and so it was a nice it was a sensible move uh my uh, my transfer only cost me two points this game week, so that's a nice change. It's progress, yeah, it's progress. Uh, I, if I just kept Nacho Monreal, I would have. I mean, Nacho Monreal though, I couldn't even be mad at him because him getting. First of all, he was the only player who like actually played hard in that Arsenal match. Even though um, he's even though he stinks, let's be honest. He, he's like he's, hey. he's he's okay. I, I you know I, I, I he's all right. I mean he's. I don't know. He he's asked to do a lot, you know. He, he does work hard, and he's yeah. His his service is kind of one in a million, and that one and one million was the one he gave <laughs> against Chelsea. Right. But he, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, he, you're right. He, he's not of the class of like Kashelny or or even um, like Mustafi. Uh, Mustafi. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're wingers. I mean, with with Bayern out, I mean, they really got outclassed by. By Chelsea, um, I guess it's it's your, a finer point is put on it now that the new style, the the Antonio Conte style of 
wing play is becoming the norm. And, like, wingers, I guess Bellerin is not having the greatest season, but their their defensive system right now, or Wenger's defensive system, is looking a little outdated, and maybe that's part of the issue. But what I was going to say is I'm also not mad about him getting the assist because not having a Chelsea defender, it was one of the great late, <laughs> late goals uh, you will see. I oh, mean, yeah. that was it cost eight me eight point swing. Yeah, it cost me six points uh, for I have Alonzo and seven on, probably. Yeah. Right. Well, I think at that time he was still behind Hazard on BPS and he would have oh, ended really? up with wow. two for, yeah, somehow Hazard, um, pops up for you know a f- fantastic goal. He he played a great game, and he had one of those sneaky midfield BPS games where apparently he didn't put a single foot pass dribble take on wrong, and <laughs> right. just accrued quietly Huge bonus points, completion the, percentage. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. He'll have those games. I mean, that that was a, it was a crazy goal. I mean, it was, it, to me, it was more like it, it was kind of the Super Bowl on Sunday. You know, did. <laughs> Did uh, New England win, or did Atlanta give them the Super Bowl? You know, did did Eden Hazard score, or did Arsenal like fall all over themselves to let him score that goal? I mean, right. it was it was like a slow motion goal. Like it was crazy how Arsenal better just kept getting out of the way for him to there score that goal. A, I saw I was on some I was on an Emirates flight uh, years ago, and they had this short. They had all these little uh, Premier League shorts, and one was head-to-head Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira, and they were talking, reminiscing about their rivalry in the Premier League. And there's this legendary Ryan Giggs goal that he scored against Arsenal, and Roy Keane just says to Vieira, like, like, Giggs goes from almost beyond midfield and just runs through the entire Arsenal line to goal and and slots the ball home. And Roy Keane just says to Vieira, why didn't somebody just take him out? And I think this, the same question could be could be asked of the Arsenal defense here about Hazard. Just just take him down, chop take him down, the, take, take the yellow card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so there it is. Uh, our game weeks not not too shabby. If if you captained Lukaku, you definitely shot past all of us. Um, and speaking of shooting past, we have a new number one in the Hail Cheaters Super League. Um, you're sick, Josh. Should I just run through the uh, top ten? Yeah, please, quick? please do. Yeah, uh, we tried this last week, so maybe I'll do it again. Starting from from ten, working our way up to number one. Since we have a new number one, I'll be particularly dramatic. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Josh is shaking his head. Yes, yes, it's good. Do it. Okay, tenth place, Caroline Brady falling uh, down the top ten. Uh, FC Barcelona, uh, she scored 62 points on the game week. Ninth place, Acuna Juan Mata, Eddie Pirello's team. Eighth place, Bricklayers, Cyril Anders. In seventh, it's Fabio Borges, Clichy's clean sheets. Six nice to four. see. Nice to see him climbing back up. Absolutely, and as 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 Clichy gets clean sheets, Fabio Borges moves up the table. It's <laughs> it's uh, hand in hand there. Uh, tumbling a little bit, Arshin Batawala, A-team. I believe he was in first place last week, and uh, a rough 47 points for Arshin this week. And in fifth place, The Wire, Keelan McArdle's team. Moving up the ranks in fourth place, it's Laro, Jake Cunyard's team, with a big 92 points, and the scores get better from there. The Cuddly Koalas in third, David Felheim, scored 94 points. With 89 points, our uh, our buddy Bjart Warth Helgeson, Reykjavik runners, moves up to second place. And then Patrick Connolly, the new number one, eat the kapoo, 
broke the century mark with 103 points. Damn. The Kapu is now ranked 38 overall in the world, which is insane. Wow. So That's fantastic. Patrick, keep it up, man. Yeah, you're making the, the Hail Cheater Super League look awesome. So thank you for that. Uh, you know, I, I see those like top five overall leagues. You, know, yeah. you ever see that on the fantasy oh, page? Sure. We need uh, to crack into that. How do you get into that thing? Well, I, I like average I, score or something. I think it is average score of all the people in your league. So basically, in order for us to get on the homepage, you and I, Josh, both have to drop out of the Hail Cheaters Super League. <laughs> that's all. That's all it would take. <laughs> that is all it will <laughs> you take. You can't find us in there anyway. You got to keep scrolling page and page. Okay, uh, it wasn't all good news. Uh, well, oh, well, I should mention real quick, you can still join the Hail Cheaters, Hail Cheaters Super League. We say this every week. Just go to alwayscheating.com, click the League tab. Never too late to join and uh, get your accolades here on the pod. Now, oh, and just a, a – sorry, and I'm going to cut you off now. Uh, a quick uh, Patreon update, too. We are now into three managers in the uh, Hail Cheaters Survivor League. Uh, that is Dave Wagner-Lodal, uh, An, and Sierra something. Sierra Delta. I think we Sierra were trying. Sierra Delta. We were Sierra trying. Mist. <laughs> Sierra uh, Mist. The refreshing soda drink, Sierra Mist, doing very well yeah. sponsoring our Survivor League. I can't actually figure out who the, the name is of the manager who's Sierra Delta. So uh, reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook, Sierra Delta, and let us know who you are so that we can uh, uh, give you credit on the podcast. But, yeah, so we're down to the final three. And uh, a reminder, the winner will get a chance to appear on the podcast. And uh, Dave Weiner Lodal, uh, what, what a life in the top three. And then he was actually – he had photos of himself at the Super Bowl too. Wow. He was, he was in, He's a big Patriots fan apparently, and he was in Houston for the Super Bowl. We have so many uh, listeners out there that we we see on social media living their best lives. So it's good. It's good to <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, that's that true. We, I we know. I hope happy, you're... fulfilled, always cheating listeners. Mitchell Maynard, wherever you are, I hope you're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Life winner number one uh, on Facebook, Mitch Maynard. Uh, and over in the uh, Patreon, the second half league that we have, uh, top three is uh, number three is Andrew Pop with Blue Foreverton. He's got sixty two points. Uh, second place is our friend Jeff Petter, real life friend Jeff Petter. Right? Well, a real life friend as of as of the last month. I, I guess. would consider Jeff to be a personal close friend, <laughs> close an intimate friend. You would say we've uh, we've you know we've broken bread together. That's true. That's true. Uh, and bricklayers Cyril Anders is uh, number one, uh, seventy six points this game week and four hundred eleven points since the start of game week nineteen. If you want to join the Always Cheating Second Half League, you can still go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating and check it out. Uh, I think we're probably going to start another Survivor League, too, uh, once this one uh, runs out, because uh, I thought it would last a lot longer. We still <laughs> and, have a whole uh, third of the season left to go. Yeah, you know? 15 weeks to go. We might as well do it, right? <laughs> this is the point of the season where my legs start cramping up a little bit. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I, need to, I need a go-gurt to help keep me going. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, Brandon. Uh not all good this week. No, no, not all good this week. We had a few meltdowns. Uh, Tupe Shakur uh, sent us a message. Just a rant for me. I captained Aguero when I could have transferred Lukaku. Ah, Bang. I added the Interrobang because this is a family it's podcast. Pretty good. Uh, Tupe definitely not having a good game week. Captain in Aguero was definitely a risky move, but against Swansea... Kind of a, a crummy team, though. They're definitely on the upswing now under Clement. Uh, it just I, didn't, I, didn't pay off. I never understood the rationale for Captain Aguero this game. I mean, you just didn't know if he was going to 
start, you know? Yeah. I mean, he didn't start the week before and they won. And uh, I don't know, like it seemed very possible that, I mean, Pep basically said out of the podcast, he's like, well, I, the last squad we put out played really well. And I felt like we had to stick with it again. I mean, this is, this was our lesson learned that we spoke about in last week's episode. So if you're just tuning in for going into game week 25, let that be a lesson to you. Um, what we learned from Jesus starting the previous game week was not that Jesus was necessarily going to score a brace against Swansea, but it was that Aguero was done. His him as an FPL asset, at least for this season, until he gets he, he gets transferred to uh, to play alongside his his former city compatriot Alvaro Negredo at the Burger. Right. What a right. duo that would be. Yeah, I mean the it's and like I'm I'm sure I've. I'm becoming a broken record on this, but I mean, as we all are uh, when you talk about him, but you know, it's, it's, it just comes down to how much it costs, you know, at at 12.8 million or 12.7 or whatever he is right now. um, You just have to build your team around him. And there's just nothing, there's nothing you're getting from him that would justify building your team around him. Yeah. You know, I mean, I turned him into Romelu Lukaku and it's like, Changed my whole. It changed my whole. It changed my whole life, Brandon. <laughs> Food tastes better. <laughs> I want to see the before and after picture of you after. Yeah. You. <laughs> uh, we have one more meltdown. It comes from Mark Edwards, and uh, he says, "Rant bonus points. Terrible system. It either needs to be improved or scrapped. Please discuss." And I think this is definitely coming off of what we were just discussing. Nacho Monreal letting three goals past him, um, but still ending up with two bonus points against Chelsea. Well, yeah, it's all about those crosses, you know. And, I mean, he like, the, the thing with that game was, you know, the last, I don't know, 35 minutes of the game, they were basically just soaking up pressure. And, um, you know, I mean, Monreal was bombing. I mean, the guy touched the ball every 18 seconds at the end of that. I mean, that's why I said at the top of the podcast, I mean, he was the hardest-working guy on that team. Um, and so he was completing a ton of passes and – I think he was making some key passes and he was um, probably even, you know, I don't know, like, like what is that called? Like he was, he was creating, like he was creating big chances, you know, big chances. (laughs) That's, that's a big bonus. As opposed to just, just marginal chances. Yeah. I I think in general though, yeah, that the bonus point system, um, it's been a, it's been a, I feel like, I feel like if you go five, five years back, the bonus point system was pretty straightforward. It's it was down to assist goals and clean sheets. How how the BPS sort of shook out, and the yeah, constant least, complaint was there were no Tom Heatons in the game. Right. Goalkeepers and, could could never get BPS, and goalkeepers can get BPS now. It does seem like it's it weighs. I, I've said this before. I, I I don't think that assists are weighed heavily enough. I don't think they're. It seems like they're a little undervalued by the bonus point system. Um, I think an assist is only worth something like twelve twelve baps. Uh, whereas a goal for a striker is worth 24. Uh, but often a great assist is, you know, the, the goal is easy because all the work has just been done by the midfielder. Um, Even so, you, know, you look at guys like Costa and Ibrahimovic, they've had trouble accruing bonus points um, on teams where they're contributing a goal a game. Yeah. But then you have other guys who are much more active uh, consistently on the field. It seems like clean sheets really get rewarded, and if you're a defender that that can't keep your clean sheet, uh, you can really get punished for that, even if you score a goal or have an assist. Um, and I guess I'm thinking specifically of Marcus Alonso in this game week, right? I mean, he had he had. I guess he didn't have the game winning goal in the end, right? That would yeah, have been the game winning goal may have helped him a little bit. Uh, 
But, I mean, in the end, come on. You you got eight points from Marcus Alonso. Uh, yeah, head-to-heads are won and lost on a point, particularly with managers who are listening to um, crazy American podcasts. <laughs> but but I, I, I just couldn't sweat. Uh, yeah. Alonso oh, God. Eight points. I, hearing Kate try to describe my I, – I didn't bring it up, believe me. But I, I'm watching soccer on Saturday morning and hearing Kate trying to describe to her mom who was visiting – uh, like this podcast that I do and she just kept getting more and more specific and she's like, all right, so this game is soccer, right? You've seen soccer before. Now it's all over in England. And then she's like, so Josh is a podcast. Now here's what a podcast is. Oh my God. And it's just like, the podcast is about the fantasy game. Now do you know what fantasy sports are? And it's just the whole thing made it seem like, I mean, I felt like I had an eight year old, you know, like I felt like I might as well have had like my little like vibrating, like yeah. football. Game. All right. This so, is what Josh, once for Christmas. <laughs> it's this very particular toy. And if you can't find this particular toy, don't even bother. Just I couldn't even make shirt. eye contact while it was going on. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I did like a, a like direct line on the TV. All right. Let's talk uh, quickly about what's coming up this episode. Uh, we've already gone on a, a bit long here. Topic number one, we're going to talk about the uh, the blanks and the guaranteed fixtures coming up in Game Week 26 and Game Week 28. Then we're going to do a quick rundown of of um, what we sort of missed talking about in the closing of the transfer window. We have some musings on how some of these new guys, new um, loanies, permanent buys did in Game Week 24. And then we have a few um, questions from the listeners, and we're going to preview Game Week 25. So, Josh, why don't you take us to break, and we'll be right, right. back. Let's go to break. Same old podcast, always shading. All right. Brandon, we are back. First topic, game week 26 and 28. Now, a little tricky as as we don't actually know who's going to be playing in game weeks 28. Uh, so, okay, so game week 26 uh, is the um, is the uh, League Cup final, as uh, many of you already know, uh, which means that there will not be four fixtures being played that 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 game week. Um, Kind of unfortunately, from a fantasy perspective, they are player. They're basically <laughs> like all the biggest teams. Yeah, the biggest teams: Arsenal, Man City, Man U, and and then Southampton. Who <laughs> you know, a lot of people at least have a player from. So you yeah. know, it does complicate things. Cedric a bit. Suarez, you're you're on the bus, buddy. Now, game week twenty eight, we expect there to be a lot of absences, but we don't actually know who those teams are going to be yet because they play in between game week twenty five and twenty six. Now. The thing is, it sounds like it might be quite a boatload of teams. Yeah, let, uh, me, just, let me just read off the fixtures for uh, this upcoming FA Cup round. So all the Premier League teams that may miss out on Game Week 28 if they win their fixtures. So pay attention to who these teams are playing. You've got Manchester City who plays Huddersfield Town. Uh, Middlesbrough plays Oxford United. Chelsea plays Wolverhampton. Spurs against my beloved Fulham. Spurs will definitely be playing in game week 28. Manchester United uh, are playing Blackburn Rovers, and then Arsenal faces up against Sutton United. So these are all eminently winnable fixtures for our Premier League sides. If they win, they're out of game week 28. And it it just comes down to what sort of team these uh, managers field. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you're if you're looking to really bear down on the Premier League. If you're Arsene Wenger, do you field your 
your full-strength squad against Sutton United on Monday, the 20th? Yeah, probably not. Uh, although, <laughs> I mean, Arsene Wenger is pretty clearly in his last season at Arsenal. Oh, yeah. So I don't, I don't really know what he's, uh, what he's thinking right now. Uh, here's what we know. You know, there, there basically there are there are fourteen teams that we don't know whether they're going to be playing a game week twenty eight yet. Four, you know, so it's 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 very hard to really manage your 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 squad completely at this point because you know again fourteen teams is just, it's just too many teams to think about. What we do know is that Everton and West Brom are a confirmed match, Bournemouth and West Ham are a confirmed match, and Hull and Swansea are a confirmed match. Uh, Beyond Fel- that, we don't know. David Felheim on Twitter says, "How many players do you need to field in game week twenty eight? When do you start taking hits? Looking at nine players now, lacking defense in mid. So, I am thinking this way, Josh. Just kind of like what you were alluding to. I can't even manage to think about game week twenty eight at this point, and I'm just probably going to be willing to give it up for twenty eight. Because I don't want to totally overhaul my squad, um, right. dropping dropping Sanchez or Ibra, uh, players like this, just so I can feel the full eleven in twenty eight. Maybe it's well, just field a week of, off. Yeah, I mean, I and I actually had responded to Dave on Twitter about this. I mean, I think that fielding a full eleven is a little more than you need. Um, I mean, honestly, you know, when you think of your fifth, or let's say you're doing a, you know. A conventional three-four-three lineup. Um, you know, often your third defender is a weaker defender. You're getting maybe two points from them. Um, your fourth midfielder is someone you're getting maybe three points from. Um, I mean, you know, obviously this isn't true like week in and week out, but you know, you might only you might only be you know five to ten points that you're losing. You know, by not having a full squad. So Romelu Lukaku uh, scored twenty-one points in game week twenty-four, which is more points than most managers got in game week twenty-three, all told. So uh, yeah, well, I mean, one player. I don't think I would go in with less than eight players. Uh-huh. I mean, any That's any fair. less than eight that seems a little uh, that seems a little low to me. Um, I also think if they start to announce the if they start to announce the double game weeks, you know, like. Either before game week twenty eight or between game week twenty eight and twenty nine, I'd probably play my wild card then. Mm-hmm. So in that case, I wouldn't mind loading up on some players for game week twenty eight because I could then immediately drop them for uh, for the players I wanted. You know, for the last ten weeks of the season. Um, the you know the exception there is if I've built up a lot of team value in that player. Let's say I you know brought in Ibra and I've picked up. Uh, maybe Eber's a bad example because he was so expensive to begin with. But, you know, like if you bought Alexis Sanchez at $11 million or something like that, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe you have to hold on to him because you just don't want to take that, you know, $0.9 million hit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I want to talk about Alexis Sanchez because weirdly, I don't even remember when I bought him. It must have been rather recently because I have him valued at 11.8. I wouldn't lose any money if I were to sell him now. And I am strongly considering selling Alexis after this whole fixture. I mean, my my team value is such crap right now, and I need money to spread around other parts of my team. I'm, mainly, I need more than just two midfielders playing, Deli Alley and <laughs> Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. Darun and Kapu and uh, Tom Carroll just aren't cutting the mustard here. Would you... I don't know how much money you have tied up in, in Sanchez at the moment, but would you consider selling off Sanchez? There are so many factors here. I mean, Arsenal look uh, completely demoralized right now. Um, yeah. 
are they are they trying to are, are, have has Wenger lost a locker room? And also Sanchez is prone to these dips in form, and he does it. This is a a bigger dip, as far as I can tell. I mean, reportedly, Mesut Ozil had to like publicly chastise Alexis Sanchez for not applauding the fans at the end of the Chelsea match. And uh, the, it seems like there are some real problems happening there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know that, that stuff really seems to affect these players long term. It does seem like they kind of just shrug it off, you know, and, you know, Alexis, you know, pouting when he's taken off the, you know, uh, taken off the pitch at the end of the Swansea match. And then, uh, you know, he goes on to score the game winning penalty the next game week, you know, so. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like, I mean, I feel like once these guys step on the pitch, they're just playing as hard as they can. Um, I mean, there is the form question, but I think he's, I think his form is still fine. I mean, he, you know, contributed the assist on the goal of the game before. Um, I mean, a way to Chelsea isn't, isn't like anybody's idea of a, of an easy fixture, you know, even as some, even someone as good as him. So, um, I didn't think he looked good in the match at all. Um, I didn't, I didn't think he was one of the worst players in the pitch. I mean, I think that. Uh, Mesut Ozil and uh, Theo Walcott. Yeah, and um, uh, oh, Francis Cockerlan. Thank you, Francis Cockerlan. Complete garbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, so no offense to any Arsenal fans, but uh, yeah, and Poch we trust on Twitter says, "Will Sanchez return to form? What's the scoop with Arsenal? Should I switch out Sanchez for Hazard or Kevin De Bruyne?" Um, Now you're looking to mid move your midfielders around. De Bruyne is is an interesting proposition. I know a few people brought him in ahead of the Swansea game. The problem is with City is they, they look pretty likely to blank both in game week 26 and 28. But um, can we just talk about Hazard real quick? Because, um, you know, he had a fantastic game against Arsenal, but this is, this is par for the course for Hazard the last two seasons yeah. where it's a bait I, switch. My 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 deepest wish is not, is not to is not to have Hazard at any point the rest of the season. I mean, I I guess if there's like a Chelsea double game week or something, maybe I bring him in then. But I just I want off the Hazard trade. I I can't time it right. I just I like I never get on when he's scoring like a buckets of goals. I always have him for like the the run of two two two, you know, three two six two one or whatever. There's something about his demeanor in post-match interviews. We were interviewing him after the Arsenal match, and he, he said all the polite things like, yeah, it's great to score the goal, but I know it's all about three points, and I need to be scoring more goals for the team. But he had this look on his face like, I don't know, he's a world-class player and all that, but he he doesn't seem to take it as seriously as... As I, I Compare that to a post-match interview which Troy Deeney scores his 100th goal for... Watford and all he just looked so beaten down about how he hadn't scored and I think it was like nine matches at that point and he said the record doesn't matter like I it was just a privilege for me to even start this game because I've been in such terrible form so thanks thank thank the gaffer for that and I, I and then Dini goes on to score 
two or three goals after that. Yeah. I, well, I mean, the thing is, you know, he's, and, and he, yeah, he's just he's just not a celebrity. I mean, you know, Eden Hazard, everywhere he goes, you know, in every walk of life, he has to like ask answer questions like this. And you know, I, I think anyone anyone is like successful and famous as him. Just they just it's like the same shit all the time, you know. So they just have like this patter. But I mean, Deeney, like Deeney, could probably walk through London and people wouldn't recognize him, right? <laughs> I mean, they're like, oh, who's that like fat guy? You know, he might, no one <laughs> he might be able to walk through London. He could not. He could not walk the streets of New York without being uh, swarmed. That's true. By... You and I would. You and I would find him. <laughs> we would. We would seek him out and find him. All right, let's talk about a few other key players here in game weeks twenty six and and twenty eight. So another person, a big player who's blanking in twenty six is Ibra. We're gonna both gonna bench Ibra in twenty six. There's no way we're selling him, right? I, I don't think so. Not with. Not with Bournemouth, Southampton, Middlesbrough, and West Brom to come. You know, it's a a frustrating thing with Ibra. I mean, the Ibra to Costa move can be very tempting at times. It does feel like for that, like, that million savings, you're getting, you know, just about the same performance. Yeah. And um, I don't know. And... There is at least a thought that I would I would hold Sanchez and I would move uh, Ibra to Costa. Now, mm-hmm. now it could be that Costa doesn't play in game of twenty eight either. Um, yeah, very so, well. Could so be. we'll yeah. So we'll we'll see. Uh, and and in game week twenty six, uh, who does Chelsea play? I should have this handy, but I don't. Yeah, they play Swansea at home. So uh, so it's certainly very tempting to have Diego Costa for a, a home match to Swansea. Yeah, you'd want to have some Chelsea coverage there. Right. Yeah, El, Mag- El Magico says bench or hop on, hop off with Ibra. And uh, El Magico, like how much money do you have tied up in Ibra? If you don't have much tied up w- with Ibra, maybe it's worth sort of toggling between him and Costa if if their value kind of stagnates right. for a while. Well, what I'm I mean, gonna- the, way that, the way the price changes are moving now, it's like, you know, I mean – in one game week, Ibra will drop 0.3 or something. You know, like a blank. He'll have you know one one you know one game week he doesn't score, and it's like a hundred thousand managers drop him, and his price drops 0.3. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to Mark Edwards' meltdown, complaining about bonus points. My big beef is with the uh, with the team value situation. Yeah. I, it, it's it is so volatile. I my my team is kind of screwed. Uh, I have a bone to pick with KDB. I'll say that much. He was my captain pick for this game week, and. God, City completely—they were so lucky to 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 win that match. Uh, it, it felt so so just that Swansea scored at the end because City did not. They scored an early goal and they just stopped trying. Like that was eighty minutes of them just like like a practice team. Oh yeah, the the second half—you've got to be furious if you're Pep. But, um, but City is an interesting proposition here. To talking about blanks in game week twenty six. So uh, Dave Baker sent us a message. I assume everyone's jumping on the Jesus uh, bandwagon. Bad timing to bring City players in, though. I mean, considering the the blank in 26 and possible in 28. Jesus looks... I, I mean, you can't really say with the rotation in Pep squad, but he looks nailed, more nailed on than Aguero. And uh, he, right. is, he is cheaper than your average... Um, you know, prime time striker in comparison. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you'd have him for a Bournemouth match and a Sunderland match, uh, you know, which are pretty solid matches to have him for. So I, I you know, if I was going to do it, I guess I would have done it before the uh, Swansea match. 
Uh, it didn't make sense for my team, just the way it's set up. But um, yeah, you, you I don't, I, yeah. very well maybe maybe chasing points, bringing if in you, Jesus at this if, point. If, yeah, if, if you know that you're set up for gaming 28 or that you have like a player you want to move him into, uh, sure, why not? Uh, why not bring him in for for the Bournemouth and uh, uh, Sunderland? The Bournemouth and Sunderland match. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, he's probably going to score him both those matches. Yeah. All right, so let's look a little close, more closely at Game Week 28 and who's confirmed for Game Week 28. It's uh, Everton playing, hosting West Brom, Bournemouth hosting West Ham, and Hull City versus Swansea. And barring Bournemouth, um, five of these six teams looked really great in Game Week 24. Uh, so there are some players that we can target transferring in going into game week 25 that are going to help us in 28 primarily Gilfie Sigurdsson who um Paul Clement has really rejuvenated him as an FPL asset like he kind of tanked for a, a good month there and now he's just he's he's uh loading up on FPL points yeah looks a great player for the next few game weeks um, I know, and he kind of weathered the storm. You know, I was really worried about these tough fixtures for him, but um, he scored, you know, away to Liverpool and away to um, Man City. So, uh, good on he, you, Siggy. He is that sort of player, too. When he collected that ball in front of John Stones, you knew, I mean, you, you knew for a fact he was going to get a shot on target. And I just had a feeling he was going to put that one um, into the goal, and he, he did. And with, with that kind of form and a, and and he looks like he's got the best of confidence right now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they play they play Leicester at home in Game Week 25. Uh, then they're away to Chelsea, and then they actually play three of the four promoted squads in their next four fixtures. Uh, with the with the only non promoted squad being a Bournemouth match. So um, yeah, a great time to have him, and um, everything runs through him. Uh, so yeah, uh, Siggy's the one. He's the player I'd look at there. I mean, I guess if you if you didn't have a keeper for these matches, then uh, Fabianski wouldn't be a bad option. You know, he's only four point eight million, um, so yeah. he's he's yeah. affordable and uh, you know makes a ton of saves. So FPL Kangaroo says for Siggy, who do I get rid of, Erickson or Ollie? So Kangaroo's doubled up on Spurs midfield right now. Uh, we we have this. It, it's like uh, Baines or Coleman with this debate between Erickson and Ollie. Yeah. By the way, uh, <laughs> just to walk back the um, the uh, Fabianski thing, because uh, I kind of I, I may have I may have spoken before I looked at the numbers. <laughs> okay, there. I wasn't going to call you out on that. Uh, just for the record, I mean, they haven't kept a clean sheet in like 15 weeks, <laughs> and his returns from game week 16 now are one 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 two two one two two two. Yeah, so, you're probably better yeah. off finding another point to mill and getting Tom Heaton into your squad. Yeah, exactly. Or even going with uh, with Ben Foster. Hey, listen, you're you're trying, Josh, to find us Swansea assets. It's it's <laughs> not, it's a thankless task. It, it really is. is. All right, uh, let's move on to yeah West West Brom. No, well, I, we we want to answer Kangaroo's question, Erickson or Ali, right. I mean, and and I don't think we can answer it. Watching them play the burger, Erickson and Ali looked equally. Dangerous. Both of them should have had attacking returns, and they didn't. I, I I think it's a coin flip here. I think so too. I, I guess Ali still looks more likely to score, so maybe Erickson. That's why I get rid of. 
Uh, okay, yeah, West Brom. Uh, we need we need West Brom coverage. Given game week twenty eight, they're they're playing though. It's it's Everton. So a lot of us have West Brom defenders, whether it's Brunt or McCauley, um, or you have Nyam and, and Foster in your back line, Josh. I am intrigued by James Morrison. Uh, 4.6 million pounds. He has been in the starting lineup for the past five weeks for West Brom. He's got two goals running against the Berger and Stoke. And he's playing pretty far, pretty far forward. Now, a lot of people forgot about James Morrison. I don't know if you ever had him in your thoughts. But 4.6, if you're looking to shift shift things around for these uh, tricky game weeks. I think he's a decent shout. Maybe he's the answer to the question that Juicy Carla said, uh, which is he'd really like to get rid of Kapue. Any suggestions around his price range? Yeah, absolutely. James Morrison. There you go. There, Hang you, on. there you go. 4.6. I if mean, it's a point one. I mean, two game weeks straight uh, for, you know, scorching form doesn't necessarily make, but, no, but if you're you looking know, in that price range, what, yeah. what, what more do you want? They play in game week twenty six and twenty eight. He's he's in good form. The team is playing pretty well in general. Uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a good logical move. Yeah, and uh, I mean less less attacking threat. But Tom Carroll, the um, uh, new Swansea midfielder, who came from Spurs. He's priced at four point two. I brought him into my lineup as a fifth midfielder, and I, I know he's going to play uh, in twenty six and twenty eight. Will I get any returns? I don't know, but Swansea on the upswing, I like him too. Yeah. Brandon, we have a question from Alistair McDonald. He says, Hull are starting to look fairly good. Are there any Tigers you guys would consider worthwhile? Uh, it's, it is a tough question. I mean, they, they looked obviously great against, well, they looked a decent counterattacking side against Liverpool. So you've got... Uh, Omar Niasi at 5.6 playing up front, and also this uh, new midfielder, Alf- Alfred Ndai at 4.5. That's another guy in the Kapu replacement front. Now, mm-hmm. both of them got attacking points against Liverpool, and if Hull's going to continue the form, you would think that those guys may be involved. Now, Niasi's problem is uh, I don't think he started a game or he's not getting a lot of minutes thus far. Maybe he's just right. not match fit because he wasn't playing for Everton all that much. Right, right, exactly. Uh, and, you know, I think with uh, with Ndai, you know, you can, you can look back to his 2012-2013 uh, season when he picked up 34 points and one assist. So... Uh, you know, trends well, doesn't it? More importantly, though, Hector said, uh, do you guys feel that Mbakani is now essential? I mean, Uh, he was never he was never anything but unessential. I always keep a spot in my team, my team of teams for Dan Mercy and Bacani is even playing anymore, though. It's I I think he's uh, he's this. It's too sad. We let's we can't talk about Mbakani. It's too sad. You, I do wonder seriously about Amakani if he if he moved to a championship side if if he would have a little more joy and yeah like a, like a Chelsea like a side that's going to win the championship yeah that's probably true uh, yeah or uh, Monaco uh, yeah <laughs> no it's you're probably right uh, so maybe maybe that's the next move for him is to even even like a Sparta Prague you know like I don't know it's it's something to think about. 
All right, so uh, our our discussion of 26 and 28 is kind of bleeding into our transfer window musings. Uh, another team that does play definitely in game week 26 is West Ham, and in one of our transfer musings is Robert Snodgrass. So we had, we had some questions. We, it was a wait and see to see how he slotted into the West Ham midfield, and they looked fairly decent against Southampton. Yeah. And, Picked uh, up a big bad A, didn't he, in that, in that his oh, first full 90? It, it was the baddest. The <laughs> baddest A around. Uh, not bad. I mean, 5.8 million. Uh, you know, if, if say, I, say I were to sell Alexis Sanchez and I turn him into Gilfie Sigurdsson, maybe I could do a little better than Robert Snodgrass, like turning, turning my main man Martin Darun into Robert Snodgrass. Um, but that's not bad. I, I, mm-hmm. uh, I could I could move my my worst ever transfer, which was uh, my um, uh, my Johan Gabay transfer five weeks ago. Uh, I could do a like for like. I, I have the money to do a, sw- a straight swap. Uh, Gabay for Snodgrass. Now that that could work out. I mean, West Ham's fixtures coming up. It's West Brom, Watford, then Chelsea in twenty seven followed by Bournemouth, Leicester, and Hull. So promising, promising fixtures, uh, barring game week 27 for West Ham. Decent investment there. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and I think that uh, – well, what other transfer window? Is it, I, you know, I, we don't want to go on this too long because I know a lot of people already – it feels like old news a little bit. But I thought I thought there were a few players that, that are at least worth thinking about when you're – you know, playing your wild card in the next few game weeks. Um, Gabby you know, Adini's goal for Southampton against West Ham. Like, holy crap, I love a roofed yeah. goal. Yeah, totally. And six, 6.5 million, uh, they they need someone like him. Yeah, so maybe, he, he you was know. straight in, played the full 90, and I, I can see that working for him. And the problem is that Southampton, as we mentioned, blanks in game week 26. But if you're looking to play long-term on Southampton, that's not bad. Yep, yep. Um, what else? Yeah, Niase, I don't know. Um, he's, you know, he's 5.6. He's, you know, probably going to play for the striker for, I mean, he actually only came on as a sub in the game he scored. So I, I don't know if he's even, if we can even consider him a full-time starter yet. Uh, what about Patrick Van Anhalt, Brandon? Uh, so this is kind of what I suspected would happen to PVA. Yeah, hindsight being twenty twenty, but he's never been lauded for his defensive capabilities. It's all been about him scoring goals. And I think that's why everybody rates him so highly. And he was totally exposed in that, uh, palace lineup. I mean, palace is not a great team right now. Um, no, I think at 5.0, there are much better buys. Just invest in a, in a burn, any Burnley defender that's sub 5.0. I know. Looking at that, look at that match. I kept thinking about that line about how a Sam Allardyce squad has never been relegated, and I was just thinking, there's a first time for everything. Yeah, and, you know, I think PVA, it's, it's going to happen. At, at PVA at Sunderland, there is never there is never anyone in front of him that he would need to pass the ball to, uh, barring Jermaine Defoe. But right. in the in the Palace squad, you know they're they're not looking great, but there are quality players there, like Wilfred Zaha, right. Anders Townsend. This is Kabai. this is actually. This is in a similar way. This is my this is my concern about Snodgrass is that he is he's not going to be allowed to do anything he wants uh, in West Ham. There, there are too many talented players in that squad, right? I mean, and e- even if all he's doing is flicking the ball onto Carroll, Carroll's the guy who's going to be scoring, not him. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I know he'll he'll take free kicks and things like that, but um, 
I don't know. I mean, his price makes him valuable. So, you know, I mean, 5.8, still, still good value. And I, I don't mean to, I mean, he's like the only guy that I'm really excited about in this whole box of, of not, e- not even Joey January Barton. transfers, not even Barton. Uh, hey, Barton. Carol, Carol, I get, I mean, 4.2 million, you know, starter. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That, that is just such a killer price tag going up to 4.5 for Barton does make it a little less, less tantalizing, but, uh, yeah, and and Burnley just can't be trusted away from home to to do anything. Though Barton did get the assist away from home. Right, Brandon, I have a proposition for you. Let's skip our final section and go right to the game week twenty five preview. Oh my god, uh, you're, you're blowing my hair back here. So much so we have to take a quick break. Then we'll be back to preview game week twenty five. Same old podcast, always cheating. Game week 25 starts off with a potentially huge match from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Arsenal hosting Hull. Now, many, many managers, including me, I have to admit, are slightly superstitious about catching a player in the first fixture of a game week. It can ruin your whole game week, particularly if it doesn't go well. So the I, I'm certainly the 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 armband is on Alexis right now. It will probably stay on Alexis up through you know and past the deadline. But it does make me a little nervous. You know, it makes me kind of itchy to give it to Zlatan for that Man U home match to Watford at ten. You know, that that, that starts at ten US. Yeah, though I would go back to our um, our unaccredited our uncredited uh, theory from Reddit about how away goalkeepers always play out of their mind at Old Trafford. <laughs> right, right. And if anyone can play out of his skin in terms of saves, it's Gomez. Yeah, true, true. I don't know. Zlatan just hasn't, he hasn't broken out. I mean, particularly after watching Lukaku score four goals on the weekend, you really want me to put the armband on Zlatan where he's like, mm. I mean, he scored 15 goals on the season, which is incredible, but it's it's one upon one upon one. It's not explosive. It's not what I want. It's not so, what I crave. So are, will you just straight up just say, for everyone listening out there, Brandon, I, Brandon Kelly, am captain Alexis Sanchez this game week. Oh, God, you're going to be here to make me do that? Uh, ye, yeah. I, I want to hear you that, say it. <laughs> I have to say it? What happens I if so. I don't do it? That makes you a liar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't say it. I mean, who else am I thinking of? I, uh, recency bias with Lukaku. I mean, mm-hmm. the, sure, bur- sure. the burger, you know, is is developing this reputation of being a very organized team. And they did make life difficult for Spurs, even at at White Hart Lane this weekend, so they get credit for that. Will Everton be able to break them down? Uh, who else, possibly? I mean, Spurs away at Anfield, not very tempting. No, Chelsea, Chelsea away to Burnley. Burnley, not very, tempting. very stingy at home. Yeah. Then you've got if I, City. If, at, I, if you if you had a City player, I think right. that is the only thing that trumps. Yeah. If I had Sanchez Jesus or Ibra, yeah, I might I might captain him away at Bournemouth. Oh God! If I'm a, how punty am I feeling? <laughs> I'm not, I don't, well, see, my thing this my thing going into game week twenty five is I I I think I want to save my transfer because I'm I'm very deep into this plot 
to get rid of Alexis Sanchez going into mm. game week 26. And if I do that, I want to do something in conjunction. Okay. So I'm going to mm-hmm. need, I want two transfers if I can. Okay. And apart from, apart from my main man, James Morrison, who I was big upping earlier in the podcast, there's not a whole lot else I can do mm-hmm. going into game week 25. So I think I may sit on that. And, uh, and that means I can't punt on Man City. It does bringing in someone like James Morrison is is more fun if you're making two transfers that game week. Yeah, like you never want your one move to be James Morrison. But Capu no. <laughs> to James Morrison, and it just seems like the most self defeating. Yeah, I mean Nacho Monreal to Seamus Coleman was was not a very exciting move either. But you know, it did feel good afterwards. Yeah, I mean, well, not not when not when Monreal got the assist and two bonus, but I know. think a straw poll would show that people love Seamus Coleman much more than they do Nacho <laughs> Monreal. All right, so we've we've inadvertently talked about. I, I, I'm I'm planning to capture Alexis Sanchez too. I, I think this is probably a bounce back game for Arsenal, I, I, despite Hull's uh, resurgency. I, I don't I don't expect it to last. I think Arsenal wins something like three nothing. Uh, Manu Watford, uh, I could see. Um, Gomez playing well too, so let's call that like a two nil, two nil menu win. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I th- I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty safe bet for a clean sheet. Uh, um, United every, yeah every, every Middlesburger game is one one right now, so that's that's my <laughs> prediction for Middlesburger. Yeah, Everton. it comes down to uh, is Ross Barkley going to maintain his form? Right, he never does. Yeah, so sorry, sorry, Lukaku <laughs> fans. Stoke Crystal Palace. That to me is a probably it's a pure a dr- watch. <laughs> it's a pure watch for sure. I'm I'm pegging that one as a draw. Probably a one-one draw. Yeah, that sounds about right. I yeah. mean, Allardyce is going to burn every Palace player at the stake if yeah. they don't get any results. It was so strange too because they you know they they'd won the they went to Bournemouth and won two nil the week you know two days before or something. I mean it was, it was I mean what we're seeing pretty, here is I mean there some that Bournemouth defense is spooked right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. ever since the transfer window opened and they lost Ake and Simon Francis went <laughs> off with that red card. It's yeah. Been, it's been a horror it's, show. It's really it was the collapse at Arsenal, right? I mean that was that was what it was. Yeah. What about um, Sunderland Southampton? That's a that's another peculiar one, and I that's another draw ish sort of game to me. Yeah, maybe I see Sunderland winning that one at home, like you know two one with two Jermaine Defoe goals. I mean, I, yeah, if you had Defoe, it might not be a terrible captain option there. I, I you know I don't really trust the Southampton defense without uh, uh, without Font. I, oh, you know, yeah, and, and Van Dyke is still out too, right? Uh, Van Dyke is still out. Yeah. It's my Yoshida and some guy who I will probably never commit his name to memory unless he's still playing next season. Yeah. So, but also, uh, Frazier Forrester is incapable of saving a ball that is below his knees and Defoe specializes in low shots. That's true. He could have a field day. And Forrester's like six, eight. So yeah, he's a giant. Uh, West Ham, West Brom. This is an interesting match. I because of the my team is like, and I'm probably gonna have to go with my double West Brom defense again. Uh, which I have to admit, which could does skew make your me, prediction. Let's be clear. It could skew my prediction. It also makes me a little less inclined to bring in Snodgrass because then it just makes that whole match not fun to watch, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like the attacker I bring in against two of my defenders. 
Uh, I think West Ham does win this match, though. I think they probably win. Like they're you know they're actually top of the table, top half of the table again. I think they're in like ninth place or eighth place. Way to go, Hammers! So, I know, and I, I really like their their uh, their manager, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, uh, Billich, doesn't Billich just seem like 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 of all the managers in the Premier League, like him and Pochettino are the two I'd want to like go to a bar with, you know? Oh yeah, I but Billich is the sort of guy who's you're having a beer with him, and he he just like you hungry? Let's order some apps, and he and he just puts <laughs> them on his tab. Yeah, totally. I feel like he's an app guy. And he like wears the beanie on his head, even inside. Right? Oh, you know he's wearing he was wearing that beanie because he's mid he's mid hair transplant. <laughs> Liverpool Spurs. This is a tough one to predict, right? I mean, you you have to think that Liverpool will eventually go back to being the team they were. You know, not that many weeks ago. I mean, Why, it was, you watching know, them some, play Hull, it, it seemed it, it seemed to me that Coutinho is just so. We we talked about this a little bit last week about he, he's just having trouble coming back from that injury. He yeah. just looks so off his game right now, and I think that the Liverpool team hinges on Coutinho finding his, finding getting his groove back. Um, so I guess I, you know, I'm certainly there's, planning to start Kane. And oh yeah, you, I mean, you could you could argue that a, a Kane captaincy is an acceptable. Captaincy oh yeah, Liverpool's Kane. defense is is complete crap. If they're going to start Lucas in in the center of defense again. And a lot of people are debating if if Car- if Carius gets back in goal, uh, yeah, Spurs could Spurs could easily run riot on Liverpool, but uh, yeah, it's 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 impossible to predict. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, Burnley Chelsea, I think that Chelsea does win this game, uh, but just knowing how well Burnley play at home, I think it'll be a really tough match. So. Uh, one nothing. I guess would be my prediction for that one. Yeah, I, I think I have a little more confidence in Chelsea, and I mean, we just can't forget the fact that Burnley is a small promoted side, and it was managed by Sean Dyche. They can easily get overawed by the occasion. Yeah, true. I true. think I think Chelsea might roll them a little bit more than one nothing. I, I would I predict two nothing. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, that's, that's just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb there. <laughs> uh, resurgent Swansea versus relegation Leicester. 1-1. Uh, this is a, e- easy. 1-1. One, one. Really? I think this is like 3-0 three, three Swansea. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But Rennier, You're still in denial. Renier is going to be fighting for his life. I mean, maybe the locker room already wants him out of there, and they, and they, and they lay down for Swansea. Mm-hmm. I, that Lester, those Lester players have to have some pride. I would, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Bournemouth, Man City. Yeah, City's going to destroy Bournemouth uh, on on the basis of of many recent matches. Uh, I mean, City haven't yeah. exactly steamroll Swansea or anything like that, but. I can see Bournemouth getting like a goal or two in this game, but yeah, I think this is like a four-two City win. Yeah, yeah, no, would not would not ever bet on a clean sheet with City. So who what, who are you guaranteeing a clean sheet for this game week? Oh, I'll go Arsenal at home to Hall. I, I just can't imagine Hall scoring in that game. Yeah, I mean Chelsea seems so easy to me. That's a kind of a uh, a fraud pick, but also as I was saying, I think Man United. If you're if you're still hanging on to um, well, I, who are you hanging on to in that United defense? 
Uh, Phil Jones is is gone now. I guess Valencia. If you have Valencia, you're, you're feeling pretty good. Right, right. What about uh, is there a clean sh- clean sheet hope for Everton away at the Burger? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just I, I don't really trust Everton. I mean, when I brought in Seamus Coleman, it was really more for his attacking potential. I, I don't have a lot of faith in that Everton defense. All right, transfers, Josh. What's your move? Well, it's, it's still up about? in the air. It, it kind of depends on Phil Jones, actually. If he, if he seems to be healthy and looks like he's going to slot back in, then I'll play, you know, probably make that uh, make the move that I I planned, um, which was um, well, okay. So I'm actually I'm, I'm thinking about Victor Moses possibly as an option. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, he's he, you know his price is still pretty cheap actually, and um, it yeah, would be nobody, I, nobody yeah. really talks about old Victor. I know, and if I had just brought in Victor Moses like six weeks ago instead of bringing in uh, Johan Gabay, I would be so much happier right now. Uh, so, uh, so I might I may make that move. Uh, it would give me a player for game week twenty six. I mean, he might not play in game week twenty eight, but um, but you know, I mean, Chelsea's next several fixtures are you know Burnley away, Swansea home, West Ham, Watford. I mean, they're not. They're an extremely difficult fixture, so yeah. um, I might make that move. If if Phil Jones is out, I'm probably just going to have to cut my, you know, cut my losses with him, and look at bringing in um, a defender, ideally someone who can play uh, in game week 26 and 28. So yeah. yeah, so still up in the air. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out to our listeners for my transfer this week, and uh, get in touch with us on Twitter or Facebook on what I should do. Should I drop Kapu for James Morrison at West Brom? Or hold my transfer and get rid of Alexis Sanchez going into game week twenty six. Now, and this is acknowledging that if I if I uh, if I hold my transfer and don't bring bring in Morrison, it's an approval that I get rid of Alexis Sanchez. Okay, I like it. Uh, all right, Brandon. I, I'm curious to hear what people say. I mean, this assumes anyone is listening this late into the podcast. If you are still listening, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we can also leave us a review. Uh, we've had a, a Richard Orford left us a review. He's a great guy. And, Thanks, um, Richard. I know. I, I was actually thinking recently that I might want to do a uh, uh, maybe a Patreon exclusive podcast where we talk about poker and uh, fantasy. Oh um, God, yeah, and, and also and also an interesting podcast. Richard is like our one and only West Brom fan, and right, West, so, they're, yeah, they're having an amazing too. season. Yeah, uh, so you can you can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Uh, you can also, find us if on you're S- a West Brom fan and you're not Richard, let us know. Oh, there are a few on there. There, there are definitely a few I, I've seen on uh, on the uh, on the Twitters. Right uh, you can also find us on Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, and TuneIn. Wherever you get your podcast, basically. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. Facebook, always Facebook.com slash always cheating. And you can send us an email at hailcheaters at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can join our second half league if you support the podcast, which you can do so through patreon.com slash always cheating. And uh, that's where our, our patrons are enjoying the, the last drama of the survivor pool. So good luck to our three remaining managers going into game week 25. That's true. We actually uh, picked up a new patron just today. So, uh, so thank you to uh, Ben Van Stellingworth. You the man, Ben. All right, Josh. Hail cheaters. Good luck to you in game week 25. Yeah, good luck to you. You, you sounded very sincere, Brandon. I, I wish you bad that. luck. I wish you good lose. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I wish you the worst of luck as well, and I'll see you next week. I'm a Wukani forever. Uh, have mercy. I was picking one. I was said, picking a hashtag. I said Mubukani, like he's a cow. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com